Well, welcome to another episode of the No Feeding Tubes Show. I'm your host, Yvonne McLaren, and I'm here to help you live your best food life following or during head and neck cancer treatment. Thanks for listening. It's great to have you here. This is a lived experience and one that I think is better shared. And if you like the show, consider supporting it by showing me the love on the show link. Every little bit helps. So grab your favourite beverage or your walking shoes and let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode 18 of the No Feeding Tubes show. I'm your host Yvonne McLaren and today I want to talk about the end of financial year food stock take. End of financial year food stock take. Now you might be wondering why on earth that I would call it a food stock take when we're, most of us, some of us aren't eating a lot but As we near the end of financial year, I thought it was a really good time to reassess where we are with our food and what's been successful, perhaps wasn't, hasn't been so successful and the sort of things that we can do to improve our lot um, at this time of the year when we are reassessing all number of things. At the beginning of the year, I talked about setting goals and I do that as part of the mind food body basic program where I work with you and the five module eating process and as part of that process we talk about goal setting food goal setting so I think it's really important to work out uh, where we are now what's worked for you, what hasn't worked for you, perhaps some of the goals that you've set yourself that you haven't been able to reach or obtain and what we can do and what sort of things are in place to ensure that we are living our best food life. So if you're interested in looking at that five-module program through the Mind Food Body Basic, you can go to yvonnemclaren.com and up the top there's a program tab that will enable you to have a look and not only see some of the free resources that are there, but will also give you a rundown on what that um, Mind Food Body Basic program is all about. So with that said, let's get into the food goals. There's a few things that we need to ensure that we've got in place when we set up our food goals. And why do we have food goals? What's the purpose of this? You know, most of us are not trying to lose weight. Most of us are not athletes or professional athletes. So what do I mean by food goals? I mean by food goals, things that you want that are important to you around food and drink that you want to achieve even though you've had head and neck cancer treatment and the side effects. And for me, I'm probably in the middle to bad pile in the sense of what's happened to me and my ability to consume food and beverage. So that's part of the reason why I wrote this program to help other people on their journey with my knowledge of food. And the first thing, there are seven things that you need to ensure you have to make sure that you're reaching your food goals. And the first thing is clarity. Clarity and definition of what your food goals 
might look like. Now, you may only have one, you may have two. I've got about three or four. So, for example, one of my food goals was to actually get off my peg tube feeder back to oral eating. I had my peg tube feeder for 15 months in the end and I knew in the back of my mind that having that peg tube feeder permanently, A, wasn't going to be an option and B, was going to limit the other things that I could do in my life, which is why it's important to be really, really clear and defined about your food goals. And by that, I mean keep asking the why question. So, for example, why didn't I want that peg tube feeder in my stomach permanently? Hey, it was keeping me alive. But, number one, I missed food. I missed the taste, the texture, and I missed my life as it used to revolve around food. That was number one. So why was that important to me? It was important to me because that was my career, that was my life, food, wine, that's what I did. Uh, I did big events, I socialised around food and wine, I worked in the wine industry, I worked um, in and around markets and tours and travel and um, marketing of those products. So I just kept asking myself, so why is that important to me? Because I want to be able to go and travel again and it's going to be really difficult with a peg tube feeder because I need to ensure then that I've got this different kind of food that won't be readily available should I choose to travel um, long distances from home. So it's really important to have clarity and definition around your food goals. Um, Your food goal might be, I want to transition off my peg tube just as I did. How do I go about that? Your food goal might be, um, I want to be able to eat something more than an easy textured, you know, thick texture level two. Um, Because why? I'd like to be able to sit down with my wife or my husband or my partner or my friend and actually share a meal that, um, is the same food. And why do I want to do that? I want to do that because those relationships are important to me. And why is that? Because, you know, my life revolves around my my husband, my wife, my partner, my friends, my family, or all of the above. So it's really important to peel back the layers as to why you want to reach those food goals. So in my case, it was about travelling, travelling the world, being able to hike in remote places without having to worry about a peg tube, keeping it clean, pulling it out of my stomach, taking the food along that had to be a certain thickness, etc, etc, etc. So that's the first thing. You need clarity around your food goals. And if you have food goals, if you've been following along at home, and you've already done my Mind Food Body Basic course, and you'll know that I get you to do a worksheet around setting up your food goals and working out why they're important and the sorts of things that you can do to make sure that you achieve them. Which um, brings me to my second point, why? Why is it important to you? When you're breaking down those food goals, you need to ask yourself, um, you know, be and be honest about why is it important for you to have that food goal. And it might be, 
um, I want to be able to eat a little bit of chilli or I want to be able to eat something with a bit of spice or I want to be able to eat something with a bit more acidity or I want to be able to, whatever it is, um, work out and be honest and clear about why you want to do that. What are your reasons? Is it social? Is it personal? Is it health orientated do you want to get off formula commercial formula uh because you have diabetes or you're gluten intolerant or you're lactose intolerant or whatever it is other other health reasons that might be inhibiting you as a, a part of setting up your um appropriate food goals can you make have steps towards getting to a better place after being really honest and peeling back those layers as to why you have these food goals. You need to have a good why. And by good, I mean um, it needs to be personal and you need to be honest with it because that's where you're going to always fall back to when you aren't necessarily um, succeeding at reaching that goal. That's going to be your driver. Uh, the third thing is um, when you're setting goals is making sure that you check in. And by checking in, I really mean celebrating the wins. Again, I talk about this in the Mind Food Body program, celebrating the wins. And I can remember driving my family mad with mobile phone photos of what I'd managed to eat that day. You know, and it, and it was literally. Um, and if you're watching me on YouTube, I'm showing something that's about the size of a walnut. I would take a photo of that, and it might have been a mixture of a little bit of rice and a bit of sauce or a bit of egg. Or, and I would say to my fa- entire family, "Hey, I managed this today, or I managed half of this today." And people would respond back and go, "That's great. That's wonderful." You know, it, you have to celebrate those small wins. Uh, and sometimes we get so caught up in all the other paraphernalia that's going on around this process of dysphagia and treatment side effects that we actually forget to celebrate the wins and that is super important. So check in, check in with yourself and that's why I always maintain that you write this down in a journal because you'll forget and you'll forget the detail about what you did on that day. And I remember when I first started transitioning off my peg tube back to oral eating, I was literally eating half a square of ravioli. Uh, And I can remember it was as painful as all get out. Um, I had some additional pain in my jaw where the radiation was on this side. But, you know, I managed half a square of ravioli. It was reason to celebrate. Uh, and celebrate I did and I might celebrate just by sharing that in a photo with my family and friends Um, checking in and celebrating also means that it sets you up for being accountable for your actual food goals it makes you accountable it means that you are recognizing that you've a agreed to a food goal B, you're taking steps to get there and at least you're trying, even if you don't always succeed or you fail some days. And we all know that we all have bad days. Um, 
And it's that three-step-back, two-step-forward process, always, always, always. So recognising the small wins just gives you that impetus and that motivation and the support within yourself to know that you're actually making some progress. Some days it might, won't feel like it, but you'll know by reading back on anything that you've recorded or documented that you are, in fact, making progress. Um, pay attention and be aware of that progress. And I can't overemphasize that enough. And I, I do talk about this more in the program, but when you are celebrating those small wins you're also bolstering your own confidence you're also moving towards having a proud moment you know um being positive about your situation and that really leads me to my fifth point which is about um having a healthy self image and having you know your how you talk about yourself in your own head how you talk about yourself to yourself and I followed this guy online um, Graham Cochran and he uh, has been instrumental in helping me on my journey Uh, not because he's had head and neck cancer but because he's been helping me with these episodes and he doesn't know he's helping me but he is he's great he's really good this dude Uh, Graham Cochran is on YouTube if you want to go and check him out Um, You know, he talks about having a a healthy self-image and I guess what I referred to that in my courses and programs was about uh, being kind to yourself. You know, look at um, how your inner voice is talking to you and, you know, we know that this this process can be incredibly lonely and incredibly frustrating and incredibly difficult and... The self-talk is very, very important. You must, you know, I have had to learn to go, you know what, Yvonne, today's not the day. Today is just not your day. So how about we just give it away for the day and then we'll sleep on it and try again tomorrow. And I can guarantee you nine times, ten times out of ten, that always works. And then that next day I have success. So be mindful and look at your self-talk. Um, don't be too hard on yourself and I guess look one of the one of the easiest ways to manage that process is check the way that you're talking to yourself in your head and or just how you manage your own um, body and food and way of eating and think to yourself is this the way that you would talk to somebody else Uh, And if it isn't a yes, then I think you need to address that and be a bit kinder, a bit gentler and a bit more positive and nurturing of your own inner self-dialogue. That's what we mean by having a healthy self-image. Or as I like to say, just be kind to yourself. Be kind to everyone else, but just as importantly, be kind to yourself. So that's the fifth thing, having a healthy self-image. The sixth thing about setting goals is actually having a support person. Now, I know I've done an episode on being single and going through head and neck cancer treatment. 
And I know it resonates with a lot of people because a lot of us don't have a carer. We don't have a spouse and we don't have someone with us full time who is managing our food, our shopping, preparing food for us, eating with us. So I guess in many ways it's it's possibly a bit more important to ensure that you have someone, just one person, that is going to keep you accountable. I had a couple of people, um, well I had more than a couple of people actually, but two people that come to mind for me were my personal trainers. Before this horrendous journey started for me, I was part of an outdoor fitness group uh, now called COMAX, C-O-M-A-X, and they're based here in Adelaide, South Australia. But the owners of that outdoor fitness group, um, Anki and Mike, Mike and Anki, um, husband and wife team, they were my accountability people. I used to rock up to those outdoor fitness groups and I still have my peg tube and a very long plastic tube hanging out of my stomach in those days and I had uh, a lot of trouble with the exercises because I couldn't do it because of the peg tube in my stomach. Running it used to spin around, it used to hurt, I tried maternity belts, I tried taping it, running, uh, wrapping scarves around, I tried everything. Um, But the need to exercise and be out in fresh air and be amongst other people for me, outweighed all of the difficulties that I had with um, doing that outdoor fitness. But the two people that kept me accountable were Mike and Anki. And Mike would always say to me, have you started eating yet? Have you eaten yet? Have you eaten something solid yet? And he would be at me, at me, at me about it. Um... He actually taught me how to drink out of one of those water squirt bottles again. I couldn't use a straw. I didn't have the ability to suck. Uh, I couldn't actually screw off the top of a water bottle and actually drink it. So I taught myself to swallow water again with one of those um, fitness squirt bottles. And Mike was instrumental in keeping me accountable around in that first very early days just drinking water and that's really where I started was just drinking water. Anki was keeping me more accountable around my actual physical fitness and maintaining neck shoulder strength and a few other things so between them they were my accountability team. Sometime on now I've got other people who um are my accountability people and I now walk with them, bushwalk with them or cook with them or build this business with them. So, you know, they know who they are and they help me and I check in with them or they check in with me and go, hey, how are you going? Is everything all right? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And for those that um, are... been given the grace to be able to that's my word this week grace I did a I did a meditation on grace and gratitude on the beginning of the week but if you're lucky enough to be here and you're a couple of years down the track and you're listening to this you know that people start to um, glaze over a bit when you continue to talk about your ongoing food journey and 
I find that people stop checking in and I don't think necessarily that our needs have have any way changed but it is really good to just have at least one person uh, that keeps you accountable to your goals. So that's the sixth thing, support. Um, And the seventh thing is um, celebrating, celebrating the wins. And I talk about this too in my program about making sure that we just don't forget about celebrating those wins when we've done something that we've set our minds to in one of our food goals. So to sum up, and in and in summary of, of the whole episode, food goals and reassessing where you are in June after having set some long-term goals in January – around what you want to do with your food journey, I think is really important. It just make sure that you check back in and go, oh, okay, I've done that, I'm doing this, have I done that? Now, your goals might have been to uh, become a better cook, become better at making soup, become better at making sauce. What have you done up till now that's improved that process for you? Have you started creating a library of Um, recipes that you really like have you started creating lists of food that you know that you can eat pretty easily and you can eat them out socially have you started doing it do you know what that looks like do you know what those food groups can be made into so that you can eat out socially Um, do you have other food um, goals that you've met through being able to manage a certain type of food that you weren't able to eat six, 12 months ago. There could be any number of things that you can celebrate and I think coming towards the end of June, it's a really good time to reassess where you're at, have a look at your long-term food goals, see what you can do to tweak, to move, uh, to change things around a little bit if you're not having as much success as you'd like to and I think it's also a really good time just to check in generally with how you're doing on your journey on your pathway and whether or not you know you're making some um, progress so I'll finish up by summarizing um, the seven things that you need to make sure that your food goals are going to be the best they can possibly be you need clarity, you need to define what your food goals are, Um, you need to break it down, make sure you're really clear about what and why you have that food goal, is it just a personal thing or is it a mixture of personal and you want to be able to do something with someone else or like me you want to be able to travel and have more flexibility and freedom to move other places, hence I wanted to get off my peg tube. Um, why? Why is this important to you? And keep, you know, peeling back the layers of that why question and keep asking yourself, why is that important and why is that important? It will give you a really solid base to fall to when the going gets tough. And we know that going is going to get tough. And some days they're just total crap and other days they're much better. Uh, The fourth thing, check in. Make sure that you're checking in and celebrating. Um, The fifth thing, ensure that you've always got a healthy self-image 
Sixth, support. Who's your support person? Who's the person that keeps tapping on your door or on your shoulder and saying, hey, um, have you done this yet? And are you doing that yet? And he said you were going to try and come out and have coffee with us or you were going to try and come out and have eggs with us for breakfast one morning or whatever that was. Who's the person? Who's your check-in person and the person that will keep you accountable? And the last thing is celebrate. Um, Celebrate those small wins. And as I say, you know, I used to take photos of, of, of bits of food that, that I used to eat. And if you're on YouTube, you can see me making small finger movements here. Uh, and I'd send those to my family. This is what I managed today. Woohoo! Um, I want you to cross these food goals. I really want the best food life for you. And uh, as we near the end of financial year, I want you to reassess where you are. And if you haven't started writing down your food goals, it's not too late. Just get yourself a nice little journal or an exercise book and write down two. What are two food goals that you would like to have achieved by Christmas of this year, which is 2022? So Christmas of 2022. One or two food goals that you can write down and be held accountable for and work towards achieving by December of 2022. So on that note, I'll wrap it up. Thank you very much for joining me and hanging out with me today. Um, As always, eat well. And I look forward to not only having you join me on the next episode, but uh, if you haven't subscribed to EvonneMcLaren.com, that's McLaren as in Formula One, but with two Cs, M-C-C-L-A-R-E-N.com. Go there and have a look at some of the free resources and some of the programs that are available to you. Okay, everybody, take care and um, happy end of financial year. Hope you got some wins out of it. See you soon. Bye.